Rogue Radio. Now available on Mixcloud at mixcloud.com forward slash rogue country. Keep it rogue. Hey guys, what's going on? I am made up to announce that the last episode of Rogue Radio hit 51 in the rock charts and 17 in the blues charts on Mixcloud and that is all down to you guys listening. So thank you so much for helping us continue to build this platform for UK and international artists to get their music out there. So head over to mixcloud.com forward slash Rogue Country and keep on supporting the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Next Life, my debut album. It has almost been a year since it was released, and I can't thank everyone enough for picking up a copy so far. Everyone who supported it, everyone who shared, I really literally couldn't have done it without you. So thank you so much. If you haven't listened to the Next Life, if you're new to the podcast, if you're new to my music, I'm going to drop a little teaser for you now. Here's a drive. is the track Rock Ferry about my hometown here on the Wirral. Uh, you can go listen to that wherever you want. If you head to mike333west.com, that'll take you to Apple, Spotify, Amazon. I've got it on vinyl, a Bandcamp, a CD. Wherever you'd like to hear it, we've got you covered. But without further ado, let's get down to this podcast. I am so happy to have the Hippies and Cowboys guys on this podcast. I love their podcast. I love what they're doing is providing a platform for new country artists and it's country artists they respect as well. I found a lot of great artists from them and it's also we've shared a few of the same guests. If you're listening to this episode for the first time because of the Hibbies and Cowboys podcasts, check out the back catalogue of Into the Van. We've had Bella White on, Charlie Marie, Charles Wesley Godwin. We've had some great UK acts on as well, like Beans on Toast. Um, yeah, it, we're both trying to do the same thing. We're trying to provide a platform for these artists that we love and respect. And I think Hippies and Cowboys do a great job of it all. And it was great to get to chat to them about, you know, their methods, their thought process, their kind of backstory and how they met. And it was just a really interesting talk that I hope you really dig. Without further ado, this is episode 35 of Into the Van with Mike West and the Hippies and Cowboys podcast. Welcome to Into the Van with me, Mike West. Cool, man. So we're rolling, and I can't, like, again, I can't thank you enough for it, making the time to do this. But one of the things I was listening to your Charlie Marie podcast today. Oh, yeah. And the question that fucked me up the most was how do you prove you from the future if you go back in time? And that's, <laughs> that's what I've been like stuck on for the entire day. And I was wondering, are you including prep time into this? Uh,. Prep time. Oh, so like, do I get to prepare? Like, so if uh, you know you're going into the future, like, if it's like right. many years advanced, it's like, well, could I make a microchip or learn how to make a microchip? And then when I get back to wherever, I can then build this microchip and start the technological revolution. Hmm. That's a good question. That's, I don't know. I guess usually, I, I think that's fair game. Usually, I get to say you don't you don't get to take any objects. That's because mm. I think I said no, that. But, but if you learn how to build the microchip out of 
whatever right. then you go back in time and then you can right. assemble those materials right True. yeah so saying that he's not taking an object he's taking knowledge right but there. that's that assumes that you'll have the materials mm. available yeah it depends on the time period as well yeah yeah because then i was thinking as well like i've got guitars tattooed on my arm and stuff so it's like if i went before a flying bee was invented i could go and like patent it and then yeah yeah, that's not a bad idea. Or prep time, you can get a whole memento style thing of like future <laughs> things like tattooed onto you and then go back. <laughs> there you go. Not a bad strategy. I don't mind that. <laughs> yeah, the tattoos. <laughs> I think that's the way to go, though, is, is like like doing stuff, like inventing things before they're invented. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's the way to go. Well, who was it who said songs? Wasn't it Leroy? Said, I think Leroy he said would just songs. go back and like write a song that was going to be a hit because he, you know, like steal somebody's song basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you heard um, the band Flight of the Concords? I don't think so. Uh-huh. The New Zealand, like, um, it's, do you know, like the guys from What We Do in the Shadows, like Jermaine, uh, Clement Scissor, who did like the vampire film and the vampire show on FX? I don't like, think so. Before, I don't think- and he yeah. did like, like he's friends or he works with Taika Waititi who did Thor Ragnarok and stuff. Uh-huh. Like they did Flight of the Concords first, which was on like HBO like years ago. And they did a song called Bowie to Bowie. And like the setup for it live was they went to a party and took acid and ended up traveling back in time. And um when they got back to the future, they realized Bowie's guitarist had stolen a load of songs from Brett. But he was like, But to be fair to the guitarist, you were playing Bowie's own songs back to him. And he's like, right. I brought a chord book with me, it was a big help. And he just like left a chord book for Bowie's songs to him. Huh. That's not a terrible strategy. I don't know. That's a, that that's uh it's a tough question. It's it really throws people for a loop a lot of the time. Leroy handled it pretty well. Charlie had Charlie was pretty confused. But actually, like that one was weird because I've asked that question I think twice since I asked Charlie, and Charlie was actually the first time I asked that question, but it was recorded like a month ago. Mm. So then right. like, I've asked it a few times. So then that got kind of all fucked up. But. <laughs> yeah. Is that a white claw? Yeah, it is. You dirty dog. <laughs> yeah. Well, going from like the podcast, you're 86 episodes in now. When yeah. I was listening to the Charlie Marie episode, like I had her on my podcast a while back and she's got such an interest and perspective with like the meditation mm-hmm. and hip perception. Yeah. Have you picked up things from your guests that you've then taken into your own like perspectives and lives yeah yeah that's interesting because like i mean i've tried like i've i'm not a big into meditation like i've i've definitely tried to do it before i'm not very good at it uh but like i guess i mean I, it wasn't really from her but um the guy who told me to like try it one time was actually blake Berglund. Mm. If you're familiar with him he came on i mean he was our third or our first guest on episode three uh, but it was just kind of in a conversation with him after that, that he kind of told me. So I guess like, you know, like uh, there's plenty of stuff like that you can take away from a guest, like even after the fact, if you develop like a relationship with them mm. in that sense, where you're going to talk to them afterwards. But you know, there's, yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head that I've just straight from a podcast type thing. Um, oh, oh, that, that one didn't even get released. Uh, we had Dalton Domino on mm. and he told me, and he'd said, because we asked him, uh, what's an unwritten rule of the road? And he said, a good trick is to go eat free breakfast in a hotel. Right. <laughs> Not your hotel. You, you just a act hotel. like you know. Yeah. Jesus, please. Just walk in with confidence. 
Yeah, just act like you belong, right? And you just go sit down and eat the free continental breakfast and you leave. I'm like, it's genius. That it is so genius that you can't believe you haven't thought of that before. Right, yeah. The, the level of confidence you need to walk into a hotel to take a breakfast as well is something that I don't even think I could do. I'd, ha- I'd be stood outside the hotel for like 10 minutes, like psyching myself up to go in and be like, <laughs> do I really want this croissant? Yeah, like it's a shitty breakfast too. Like it's like, yeah, if you're lucky, you get a croissant and like, you know, maybe some of those eggs from like a carton, but. Fruit, fruit roll-ups in the little cardboard box. And, yeah. The yogurt. <laughs> yeah. and like, Is it worth it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking it back up to your 86 episodes. And now how did you guys like me? Because you're in Iowa and Canada. Where did you first like collide? Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Do you remember um, the tweet or what was it that brought you star across? You, you want to tell the story, Mike? <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll tell it. So I, I guess I had a, I had a Twitter account for music um, with uh, Real Country Revival. Garrett had a very similar thing going on in Alberta. And uh, we had a mutual follower that uh, said, you know, hey, you guys should do a podcast together. So uh there's that specific tweet and then garrett like tagged me in it and he's like what do you think and then i said sure <laughs> and yeah 86 episodes later we faced in on 100 times and talked about it and like figured yeah. out okay like we need to buy a mic we need like we figured out how to you know like i sent out a tweet i was like somebody shoot me a graphic designer to make us a cover mm. cover photo or whatever right. i hit us up we paid for a for the cover art and uh figured out how to like put a podcast up on the internet i guess which wasn't hard just google that got our mics <laughs> and away we go that was that's about it <laughs> yeah cool man and who were like your podcast influences like when you were like listening to them before you started them and then who were you not necessarily trying to emulate but you know being inspired by when you first started off I got. I, I listened never, to it. Or sorry, I'm go ahead, man. I was gonna say I'd never listened to a single podcast um, really? before. I'd listen uh, to a ton of podcasts, like, and that's why I was so excited when he said that because I was like, "Oh, like, that's a great idea. We should, totally should start a podcast." And then, you know, like, like I said, like I'd I'd listen to a lot of Joe Rogan at that point. I mean, he's he's nowhere near really what we do, but like, it's just like you know, a pretty well known podcaster. Yeah, he's just not near as good as us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right. <laughs> I did to- turn Joe down a couple times. It's just, he keeps bothering us, but you know, yeah. it's cool, man. Like we'll, we'll fit him in there at some point. Uh, no, uh, the first person actually that I hit up, um, when we decided to actually do it, uh, and kind of decided like how we, how we wanted to do it. Cause we wanted, we definitely wanted to play music on the show. So we could kind of like, you know, all these artists that we're talking about, we wanted to be able to let people like, listen, like, I feel like there's maybe kind of a could be kind of a disconnect on an episode, say, where we don't actually play the song, mm. but we're talking to this artist. Like it's it's different mm. for people when you're just it's right there in your face, kind of when we play that song on the show. So I hit up W B Walker because I listen to his show all the time, and uh, he was so helpful. And like he's you know we're good friends now, um, but I'm really thankful for him at the start because he kind of explained you know how to go about doing that and you know gave us gave us a lot of uh advice at the start mm. and uh so his show obviously because i mean his is kind of his obviously isn't uh interview based really except for his video show now um but he yeah we that was kind of i think 
we Mike and I both said we were like, well, if we could be, you know, kind of like WB show where we can play people music, but also kind of just more conversation because mm. you know, maybe and we never really even planned on having guests at the start. Like we were like, wow. oh, maybe once in a while, but it was mostly just gonna be me and Mike just talking shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I think once we started having guests, though. Um, you, uh, you know, there's, there's similar podcasts that have guests on in the Americana red dirt music world. And, um, you know, they can be kind of similar and definitely like same kind of goals as us in a certain sense, but like they're, they're very Q and a based, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's not what we want to do. Like we want to just, we want people to get to know artists, like as people, and that's what yeah. we want to do also. Like, we're just fans coming in. Like, we're a fan of this artist. We're talking to them as fans. So, like, I think that conversation-based thing is and just, like, we're bullshitting, having a couple beers. Like, that's that's what we want to do. And it's, it's nothing fancy. Like, it's not, like, a journalistic, like, take on things. It's just let's let people, like, get to know artists yeah. and then also show them their music. Like, so that, that's kind of, I guess, how we do it a little bit different than mm-hmm. – than other people too but um, i love yeah. sturgill simpson so much more after i listened to uh like his episodes with rogan and they're, yeah. they're just talking mm-hmm. they're talking about fucking eating edibles and bigfoot and right. like stupid shit where it's like like i'm never gonna hear sturgill talk about that shit anywhere else yeah. but it's because he's in a comfortable situation where he's just talking to somebody who's a fan of his music he's not talking to you know rolling stone or whatever it is right <laughs> yeah man I, I kind of fell out of interest with rogan's podcast when he started moving to like texas and stuff yeah sam but, i haven't listened to him yeah. forever but well, the <laughs> ones i always enjoyed with rogan were the musicians ones like gary clark jr and stuff because yeah if it's in rogan's wheelhouse he mm-hmm. kind of dominates the conversation but with musicians he doesn't really know shit about the industry or the process right. so it he lets them talk and his questions are quite interesting like the black keys episode was phenomenal when it's talking about like spotify and cutbacks from the labels and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah that's a great point because you're definitely right he definitely does dominate the the conversation when it's something that he's super in like obviously he's interested in music but something that he's really knowledgeable about but like in those situations you're totally right like he just sits back and wants to talk to him and asks questions that probably i would ask you know yeah because that's the thing man because like when i saw this podcast it was the same kind of thing i wanted to try and do the Rogan-esque where it's not really specific questions about process, which I do like to get into for my own curiosity as a songwriter, mm-hmm. but it is just more just shoot the shit and see what happens because yeah. I'm used to the like formulaic process from like radio interviews and stuff and what podcasts do and what you guys do so well is you let people expand on topics and explore directions that you wouldn't get the time of day to do on radio or print where it's just like bullet point answers basically. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks. Yeah, like a lot of artists are, especially, and I mean, I mean, Mike and I really haven't experienced this too much because we don't interview a lot of like artists that are signed to like big labels or anything. But they're, they, you know, a lot of artists like have, you know, publicity, publicists or PR teams or whatever kind of telling them how to answer shit. Because, mm. and, and a lot of the time, like, you know, I've heard from other people like, some of these artists when they go into these interviews they know what the questions are going to be already so they prepare for them in that sense we're just like i don't know i think like we've got nothing but good feedback from the artists on what we do because they're like oh like this was refreshing like they realize about you know maybe five ten minutes in that this is 
we're just talking like yeah. afterwards they're like oh like that was fun you know like let's let's do that again that was that was great like they i think they appreciate the fact that we're not just kind of ramming the same cookie cutter questions down their throats every time you know yeah no that's that's such a help for us i think and it is it's weird when you have to kind of control your answers because one of my biggest influences is like the hot ones youtube show with sean evans which again it peels back the kind of bullshit from like the late night talk shows and stuff because i only ever really see them on youtube obviously i'm in the uk so i don't see them when they come out on tv (laughs) or anything so i only get the clips but everything just seems so contrived and pre-prepared because it's even when it's like would you play a song and they pull a guitar off the back or some shit (laughs) and everything but like with sean evans it like strips away with the hot sauce and the spice and with podcasts it kind of strips away that bullshit when you've got engaged fans asking the questions and actually trying Mm -hmm. to you know coax out answers and things that not meant like you can just like bullshit for a while which you can't do in any other real format Mm -hmm. and that kind of I, I talked about this a bit on the, the podcast that went on earlier today where it's like you know we like to shit on on like pop country and like the mainstream like it's fun to do um but one of the things that that like we're shitting on is the authenticity like there's, there's nothing authentic about the mainstream media so like if we're going to put out content whether it's podcasts or videos or whatever we're doing like well, we have to be sure that we're being authentic about what we're doing and not like, you know, we can't have it be too showy. Like, you know, it's got to be genuine because uh, otherwise why, like we can't sit here and like make fun of people who aren't, aren't making authentic music and then put out some bull crap that that's, uh, you know, staged and, you know, it's not authentic. So we have to be, be sure that we're doing, you know, the, the things that, that we would expect out of, out of artists, you know? Mm. And we've tried to get like our listeners and stuff more involved too. Like now, mm-hmm. that, you know, we got the Patreon going. Um, shameless plug for the Patreon. You can go, <laughs> you can, uh, you can uh, sign up for the Patreon, and then like we, you know, we let everybody know on the Patreon like who's coming on before they come on. We'll be like, okay, recording tonight with Charlie Marie. Send in your questions, and you know, mm-hmm. give them a chance to ask yeah. a question and give them a shout out, and it makes them, you know feel like they're kind of involved too because i mean they're we're fans just as they're like that's kind of i don't know like it's funny like i'll have conversations with people now and they're like so like you know is is it cool like that people know who you know know who your guys are sure i'm like i don't think at any point during all these 86 episodes have i ever thought that our show was even a big deal yet like i don't feel like we're you know like i don't feel like people know who we are but it is uh and that's why it's like we'll my question matters just as much as somebody else who mm. listens to every single podcast. You know what I mean? So why not give them a chance to ask what they want to ask, you know? Yeah. No, that makes sense, man. Did you ever like notice a change? Obviously you say you don't kind of view yourself as making waves, but I consider yeah. you obviously I'm in fucking Liverpool in England and I know about you guys and wanted to chat to you enough to, you know, stay up till 11 o'clock at night, way past my bedtime to get to Is chat it 11 there? Yeah, it's eleven, dude. It's not nine. We're too late. Shit, I feel I'm so sorry. Bad. It's okay. <laughs> but have you guys like? When did you kind of notice people starting to listen and getting, you know, a loyal listener base? When did you start realizing that that shift was, you know, you weren't just speaking into the void? Yeah, I don't know. I think it was probably around, you know, like even after our first ten episodes, there was definitely enough people. And I don't know if there was ever a point where it was just like, oh shit, like people are paying attention. But it was just really cool to like 
especially after we started to do more of the interviews rather than mm. just me and him talking when it started to be like more interview based and that's kind of how the path we went down uh like it was always cool because like every every guest you get you're probably going to pull two or three more people in mm. you know every single time because they're just like oh cool like you had like i think i th- i don't know i think for me when I started to maybe notice a big change was around episode like eight to 10 after we'd probably like our fourth or fifth guest maybe. And it was like, you know, more people. Cause then when, when it's different when they have a guest on, cause then now they're going to come on social media and start commenting on it and like kind of mm. asking questions and like saying, Oh, I love this or that. Like, I don't know. It just feels like, yeah. Like, I don't know if there was a single point where it was like, Oh shit. Like this is kind of going to be a big deal or whatever, but there's definitely, you know, it just grows every single time you do one, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know if that makes I, sense. I think the biggest thing to think is like, oh, well, we, we were trying to get like a couple of guests lined up. Like we're, we've never done this. We have no reputation. Like how do you get somebody to come on to a podcast they know nothing yeah. about and it's brand new? Like that's not easy, <laughs> you know? So like we mm-hmm. had a few connections made, but <clears throat> once we got a, a couple of people uh, in and, you know, they had, a good time and then like it's a tight industry it's a tight community in the, in the music so like once once you get a couple of good good ones under our belt you know p- people talk and and then uh you know you kind of notice a difference like it's easier people start reaching out to you uh more and it's just easier to get get guests on but i don't know there's a couple of months ago where our views or our listens or downloads or whatever uh kind of like doubled in like a, yeah. a month's time span um I still haven't figured out why. I would say around like happened. November. So like at like that point, kind of like, November, oh. December. It was <laughs> yeah. like, oh shit. Like, like yeah. pretty much shit started to just double kind of out of nowhere. And I, and I yeah. have no, yeah. Like I have no clue what it was that prompted that. I don't know. I really don't. I, yeah, I can I don't tell know. you at the start though, like how fucking excited we were to get like our first guest. Cause like, so like yeah. I said there, Blake was our first guest on the show and I, on episode three, but like he had kind of told us, before we even started it that he would be the guest so we knew he was going to kind of come on because we uh, mike and i both had excuse me kind of uh talked to blake about it before we even started the podcast so he Mm -hmm. was in from the start but uh when we got vincent neil emerson was our first guest that we had actually like reached out and Mm -hmm. then got a response from and like lined up so we were like super excited for for that like i remember being so nervous like (laughs) even nervous for like the Blake one where it was like, I, you know, and I'd talked to Blake on Twitter plenty of times, but it was just like, you know, like learning how to interview. I've never interviewed somebody before or even tried to do something like that ever. So it was, Dude, I, was I, I still distinctly remember my phone ringing with a Saskatchewan number and it was Blake. Like I knew it was Blake and like just being so nervous, just to, like, it wasn't even the interview. I was just like scared to answer the call. It's like, yeah. I know Blake. But I was like so nervous just to answer that phone call. Yeah, but it's, it's just yeah. weird. It's, you get more comfy as it as it goes. Like, yeah. I don't know. Do you still get nervous with like guests, or is there like certain ones that come through? Because I know, like, I'll be talking to people I know, and then like maybe a guest that I've been a fan of for years, like uh, Danny Vaughn from Taiketo, who I've been mm-hmm. a fan of since I was a kid, and I had him, and I was like, oh shit, and I was like prepping and you know getting quite nervous before and things. Do you guys still feel that way with guests? Yeah, I mean, for for me, uh, there there's a, it, it kind of depends on who it is. Um, the the nerves and comfort level is definitely like, you know, you get used to it, and like I feel like if 
you know, if Sturgill came on the show next week, <laughs> we'd be fine. Like I wouldn't be like absolutely like shitting my pants. Um, but like for the ones that really get you nervous are like ones like Chris Knight, people mm-hmm. who like don't have any interviews out and like the ones that they do, like someone will ask them a big long question and he's just like, uh-huh. <laughs> and then that's it. Now you talk again. And it's like, how do we handle this? So like, then you have to like say, uh, prepare, like, you know, you have to over prepare and like, you're just worried about how it's going to go. So I guess that's the only thing, like, you just don't know what you're going to get with some of those people. And like, ha- like, how's the, how's the conversation going to flow? Uh, yeah. Things like that. Definitely. You get a little bit nervous about for me, but yeah, absolutely. When you don't know how it's going to go. Cause like, yeah, that, that, that's a great answer because sometimes you can go and find other podcasts that somebody's been on, mm-hmm. right? And so then you kind of get a feel for how they talk, kind of how they answer stuff, how they, you know, if they are talkative or if they're kind of like you might, like he said, just going to give you kind of a shorter answer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I find it goes a lot better or like, I, I don't really get, I wouldn't say I get nervous anymore. I, I would say I get, um, I would say I, I would say I replace like nerves at this point with like over preparation. Mm. So like instead of being <laughs> nervous, I'll just like prepare like two pages of shit that I don't even need, but it's like just there, just in case yeah. like we start to hit a hit a rough patch, and it's like okay, like here, let me pull something out of the notes I made here, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I, I find a lot of the time I'm able to kind of. I think I think it's more of a less of a nervous thing, but it's more like breaking the ice with them. Yeah, because uh, a lot of the time, what I'll do is I'll get them to give me a call like a couple days before, or even the day of before we get on the air, and just like because we oftentimes we record remotely, like off mm. of Zoom, so they need a separate kind of recording device. So I'll get them on there and like get them on a phone call and just say, hey, you know, how's it going? Kind of shoot with the shit with them, even for five ten minutes, and kind of just explain their recording pl- process and. uh pick you know decide which songs we're gonna play even even if it's something as simple as that like it's way cooler than when we get on the call because they already like have talked to me and it's just like almost like you kind of broken down that barrier already and then when you get on it's just time to it's just go time like Mm -hmm. it's definitely tougher when we get on say we deal with a publicist the whole time or a pr person or whoever manager whoever it is not directly to the artist we deal with them the whole time and then like um you know like morgan wade for example we didn't talk to her at all before we got on that podcast Mm. it was just like talking to her i believe it was her publicist or something anyway uh and then we get on the air and it's like boom there you're on with morgan like never talked to her met her nothing so it's just like oh hey like then you got to break that ice for five minutes before you actually start right uh and that's definitely harder but you know yeah no that makes sense like obviously this podcast is called into the van because i'm meant to record out of my uh, camper van that i tore in yeah and then the pandemic kind of put pay to that for a while but i had like three or four queued up where i did talk into the van and a part of like my mentality once the pandemic hits i had to do remote was to be like i'm not gonna interview anyone remotely i've not met face to face because i didn't want that barrier mm-hmm. but then it yeah. was i don't want to use up all the people that i know I could like once the pandemic lifts if someone's half an hour away I don't want to waste kind of that conversation through zoom so then it was who do I respect and who do I who am I a fan of that I can kind of hit up in America or wherever that I may not get a chance to for a while 
And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I've been doing now. But it is one of those things about worrying to, you know, break the ice and stuff. And obviously you two are absolutely lovely gentlemen. So it's been no issue. But with your preparation stuff, how often do you go in with like notes or when do you start preparing for a podcast? <laughs> it's become less and less, at least for me. Sure, I don't know. Sure depends. Uh, Dude, like there's, I'll give you, I'll give you a perfect example of this. Like when we had uh, Cameron Duddy on for mid, from Midland, I prepared like two pages of notes on like, you know, their background, his personal background, you know, the bands kind of, their stepping stones along the way to like where they are now, you know, kind of all this stuff. Like I literally do like two, two and a half pages of notes of mm. shit. And then like, cause like I'll, I'll prepare notes and then I'll kind of write out word for word, some good questions that I think of ahead of time. We get on there. I bet you I got through like maybe, maybe a quarter of those notes. Like everything else just was like completely untouched because the conversation never went there and I wasn't going to force any of it yeah. in. So like, I don't know. It's a fine line to walk. Like these days, like I kind of just write down simple stuff that I need to know, like the names of their albums, the names of the songs we're going to play like word for word. So I don't fuck them up. Right. <laughs> uh, and then just kind of maybe one or two questions that I definitely want to get in there. And then it's like, all right, rock and roll. Let's do it. Like, try to just be as loose with it as possible but i don't know mm. sometimes Same. going I've blind had, too you're just like i've Fuck. had i've had blank pages yeah you know yeah. going in but blank pages but um i mean you not without like listening to their music and like having yeah. like you have an idea like not everything needs to be written down but then like you know when yeah like garrett said like you write down the songs like because you don't fuck them up but um <laughs> you know like stuff like that has to be written down but like as far as questions go it's like okay i know this about them like let's like you know that you want to get there Mm -hmm. like it's almost better just to be like a little bit more free i think than than to be like stressed out about getting to your notes yeah but i'd say that's definitely the research is listening to the music yeah yeah there there are some bands there are some bands that we've had on where it's like i I wish I had more time to listen to the music before. Cause a lot of these are like unreleased music that, yeah. that we got sent. And it's like, I wish I had like, you know, like 49 Winchester, like they sent us this, their CD afterwards. And that thing didn't leave my car for, for two months. Like I, I wish I would have talked to them after I already had that CD, you know, yeah. cause it would have gone, like I would have had more, more to say, you know, but right. like I said, it's like kind of a like snippets um, before it. So there's things like that, but yeah, the music, the music's the best prep that you can ever have is just listening. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And going on to the music, obviously you guys host like the country music podcast, but what's your origin story with country music? Did you guys grow up on it or did you come to it later in life? And you know, who were the artists that really like hooked you in? I have a love hate relationship with country. I grew up with it, you know, with like nineties, early two thousands countries, but, was always playing in my dad's truck and um and i grew up on a farm so i got to playing um then i went to college i didn't like being like i, I hid in college that i was like from the country because like i want to fit in mm-hmm. that kind of thing then i also grew to realize that i didn't like anymore what was on the radio um so like the artists i grew up with you know are your alan jackson's dwight yokums like that um but I'd say if you're talking about an artist that hooked me in, it's, it's your turnpike 
troubadours and whiskey mm-hmm. myers you know that those are the ones that like kind of opened my eyes to like there's a lot more out there and kind of brought me back to to country music and what it what i think of as country music today versus just what's on the mainstream so those artists took me in and then you go down the rabbit hole and you discover everybody else mm. i got but, pretty much the exact same story really i mean you know you go through you know i think i think I've had this conversation with a couple different people and it's just like, I, you know, when you go into college or like your late years of high school, you're just kind of listening to whatever everybody else is listening to, you know, you're trying to be cool. You're trying to fit in. Right. So like when I went, to, I went to college, I played basketball in college. So I was listening to a lot of like hip hop music. I wasn't listening to country music and same thing as Mike. Like I moved to, the, I'm, a, I'm from a town of about 900 people and moved to the city where it's like, you know, I already assume people have, preconceived notions about who I am and what I'm about so I didn't really want to you know and I and again same same as Mike like I I didn't really like the shit that was on the radio anymore so I was just you know listening to Willie Nelson and shit on my own time Robert O'Keen because like my dad was a professional saddle bronc rider so he rodeoed all through the states like when I was young and stuff and so but he was he's a big Robert O'Keen fan so I was kind of introduced to Texas country you know, through that, through him, uh, when, and, you know, obviously then like, like Mike said, your radio country from the nineties and early two thousands, that type of thing. And that's not so bad. I, I don't mind any of that stuff at all. Um, and then my, my, I was, I listened to a lot of like real old country, like George Jones, Merle Haggard and that type of stuff, Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash. Cause my grandparents are really, really big into music. And so when I was young, like I thought that was pretty cool because mm. grandpa thought that was cool, you know? So um but yeah like definitely stepped kind of away from country music for a few years because i was just like well you know i don't really like what's on the radio and nobody else is gonna like listening to willie nelson with me so <laughs> I'll just we didn't know we didn't eat. know it, we didn't know anything else is out there you know? yeah nobody, exa- that, like, exactly so right people that just don't don't you know oh i don't like what's on the radio so they have no idea what else is out there so it's and like no, I, was, I don't like country anymore i was driving to a party yeah, one day with, with a buddy and he was like He's like, you ever, uh, you listen to country, don't you? I was like, yeah, like a little bit. I was like, kind of the older stuff though. He's like, you'd love Coulter Wall. And he played me sleeping on the blacktop. And I was like, holy shit. And then like for the next like two weeks, that's all I listened to was just Coulter Wall, Coulter Wall. And I was playing sleeping on the blacktop actually at a party that I was at like a few weekends later. And my buddy's like, oh, you know who Coulter Wall is? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, you'd love Tyler Childers. <laughs> <laughs> and then we played, he played me White House Road and now I'm sitting here so yeah. <laughs> and then they uh oh what's the song they do at um frawlein frawlein then you, then you hear frawlein for the first time and i i think everybody knows the first time they listen to frawlein with coulter and tyler and tyler comes in you know exactly where you're at i was on my way to lincoln nebraska <laughs> buddy played that for me and Tyler comes in i was like man that sounds like Tyler Childers looks on the guitar and he just looks at me. He's like, Oh, you just, you wait. And then Tyler comes in and distinctly remember, like I could almost tell you the mile marker. We were just passing McDonald's play, play place with the ball pits. And it was, yeah. yeah. Well, you, man, how'd you, how'd you get into this yeah. stuff? It's weird for me, like being from the UK, there's not like, there's a history of country music, but it dissipated. There was like a strong 
country music presence in like the 50s and 60s. And like, I was kicking myself. Obviously, I wasn't born then, but I was going back and researching and I found out that Buck Owens had played like the Liverpool Philharmonic, which is like 10 minutes away from me. And I was like, holy shit. And you see all that kind of stuff. But I grew up on like rock from my dad and Motown (laughs) from my mom. So the kind of high school colleges where you discover music that you went into or you weren't brought up on was when I found like country and blues. That's cool. So that was how I came into it. And then I kind of, heavily got into through like the gems on vhs sessions yeah and then it was tyler and Coulter, and i got to see tyler and Coulter when they came over here like 2017 2018 when no one really knew them and it was like small Mm -hmm. venues and things so it was i came in like i still like every year i have to sit down and listen to like the six johnny cash american recordings lps Mm. (laughs) i just i just have to make time for it one Mm -hmm. evening every year to just listen to them like i'm just like that's oh yeah nice man that's like the guy that got me into it and then it was just digging deeper and it was the same like obviously piracy is wrong but (laughs) when i was a kid what i used to do when i was obsessed with metal is i'd go on the wikipedia and i'd look at the subgenres and just whatever like the first four bands that were mentioned on a wikipedia page i'd like google and then download them from limewire and it was the same kind of thing where it's like i got into country and just started like digging and because of how everything's like recorded, like you've got the Johnny Cash show and you've got all like the Buck Owens performances and stuff. Cause I remember I found George Jones through the Johnny Cash performance mm. he did with mm. white lightning and the races on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that to me was just digging. And then it was seeing all the new stuff that's coming from the States and that's influence in the UK and Europe has been like a really interesting thing in say the last four or five years. Yeah, and like you can kind of see that Tyler and Coulter were the catalyst for them to almost be mainstream, but it's obviously not mainstream in the radio or pop sense. Mm-hmm. Right? It's addicting <laughs> too, man. It's super addicting. Once you find one, and you're like, "Holy shit! This this is out there. This is mm. this is it's you know like because like I said, like I was listening, I was listening to old stuff. Like I was like, oh yeah, like Robert Earl Keane's you know, he's, he's still out there. Willie Nelson's still out there, but they're like kind of past my time. Like I said, mm. I was like, I don't think anybody else in like, at least at the time I was like, I don't think anybody else like my age around where I live, especially in Canada, like is really listening to much of what I'm listening to. If I am listening to country music and then you find, you know, you find these young guys who are Coulter and Tyler out there doing this thing. And it's like, Holy shit. Like this is happening right now. Like, yeah. you know, Coulter's my age, man. We're the same age. I'm just like, that's, this is like, this is alive right fucking now. And, you know, like more people ought to realize that this is out there, you know? Yeah. It's always fascinating. It's always fascinating to, to hear like how people in Europe uh, find, find this music. Cause it's hard enough for, it's hard enough for me to find it. And that's yeah. in my backyard, yeah. you know? And, and there's a lot of people around here have no idea, you know? So it's, it's, it's cool to, to hear like the, the European side of things, you know, like, but people come over there to, to play like once every three years, like, you know, you're not going to yeah. find out about it through live music. Like they're, you know, I'll just go catch a random show. Like that's not going to happen. So it, that's always cool. But um, yeah, what, shoot, what was Garrett? Garrett, what'd you just say? Cause I had mm-hmm. something to add on to that. I forgot. Oh, I don't know. I was talking about it's addicting. Once you find it's one, a- you want to find more. Yeah. Kind of where I, I don't know. I lost my thought. Yeah. That's all right. Like, we'll, speaking, we'll of, yeah, speaking of like remembering like exactly where you were, I remember 
I saw Blackstone Cherry over here in like 2009, 2010, and they came on the stage to um, Ghost of the Mississippi by the Steel Drivers. Mm. And I'd oh, never yeah. heard that song before. And I remember distinctly being in the crowd, texting myself the lyrics I could make out to then go home and like Google. You didn't have the Shazam app at that point? No, it was like, <laughs> I was just texting, like trying to work out what you were saying. Yeah. And then that was like, I found like Chris Stapleton and the Johnson brothers before he brought yeah. out his yeah. solo stuff. Uh, Ghost of Mississippi. Cool that's a great tune. Mm-hmm. Um, no kidding. That's the other thing, man. People need to dig into Steel Drivers and Johnson Brothers. No, but not enough people yeah. know about that. A lot of people yeah. know about Chris Stapleton. They don't know about those two. Yeah, it's it's Damn. crazy with like how big Stapleton got like so quick that the Steel mm-hmm. Drivers and like the jump because I remember I had to buy the Johnson Brothers CD from some like Atlanta CD shop on eBay. <laughs> and it was the only way I could get it. I paid like twenty pound for it. And it was in like a little cardboard wallet, and that was the only way I could get that. Record. Nice. <laughs> well, with like, do you guys find it infuriating still that these artists aren't recognized and people just are so happy to just consume what's put directly in front of them with mainstream radio? Because we don't have yeah. like country radio over here. Really, we don't have those dedicated stations, so it is a lot more like internet based which means yeah. people do have to dig a fair bit. This is uh, like the biggest it, it, difference. We go, me, we go like, me and Gary go back and forth. I, yeah, I would definitely say it's, it's infuriating. Like I went down to Texas last weekend and you know, you cross the state line, you, you hit, turn on the radio and you got Flatland Calvary, Calvary and Turnpike on the radio. Like why can that not be everywhere else? Like this, and, and I get it. Like the mainstream here is just all about, you know what sells and it's, it's all about the money so it always has been yeah but then the people behind it who's you know making the decisions on what's going to sell you know the popular stuff they have nothing to do with country music or rural lifestyle they have no they have no ties to anything so they're making these calls and like i get that that's the industry side of things but like we need some other facet of getting these artists out there like there needs why can we not have another radio station of this stuff? Like mm. regionally, like outside of Texas, like it can happen. It works in Texas. Like in art, like fans can take the substance. Morgan Wallen did cover me up. Right. And like Nashville is scared to put substance out because they don't think people care about lyrics. Well, that song did really well. So like others can too. Um, I, so it's, it's, it, I'm in, I get infuriated thinking about it uh, on, on how much like, I just wish other people knew what was out there and, and had the had the like ability to 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 find it. Like, it's so hard to find it. You have to go down this mm. rabbit hole. Somebody has to tell you by word of mouth, and then you have to actually listen. Maybe you have to hear it three or four times before you actually go actually search it up and go down the rabbit hole. So it's so hard to actually find it. And and that does is like, I think I was you know? you know same thing. Like I think I was mad at first, but I think this is like the biggest like change in the way I've thought about it since then. Like at, at like first episode, like definitely like I would have said pretty well exactly what he just said. And I think now I'm just like, you know, fuck them. Like if they don't want to, if, if they don't, you know, it, you look, you look at how big, you know, T- Tyler Childers and Sturgill Simpson can go sell out arenas on a tour. So never see the radio and they're doing fine. They're yeah. doing just fine. Like they're not, they're not broke. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so it's like, I would rat, you know what? Like, and, and the other side of it is, is if 
mainstream country radio was, and I hope they're not listening to this, but <laughs> if mainstream country radio was playing Tyler Childers and Coulter Wall and Sturgill Simpson, or maybe not even some of the big ones, like maybe even, you know, like somebody like Charlie Marie, who we just had on, use her for an example, just because she's the most recent episode. If they were playing her, nobody would listen to our show. Nobody would care what we're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. and maybe yeah, that's a little, sel- maybe that's, maybe that's a little selfish, but it's just like, you know, people, people discover artists through us and like through yeah. this fucking really cool community that we have around this music. And so like, you know, like I said, if, if they don't want to pay attention, like we'll be fine by you. We'll be yeah. fine on our own. I think, you know, cause, cause like I said, every, every time you go to a party, if you plug in your phone or hook it up to the Bluetooth and play, you know, a, a Cody Jinx song or a Kelsey Walden song or a Sierra Farrell, like yeah. somebody, you, you can't tell me somebody, I, I don't care if you like country music or not. You're not just gonna be hypnotized by Sierra Farrell's voice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, I think, I think there's enough people out there now. Like it, it, the proof is in the pudding in the fact that Sturgill and Tyler can sell it in arena. Yeah. And it's like, you know, what? like there's enough people that care out there. It's just, you know, turn the radio off and start, you know, Start finding your music a little more. Yeah, and, and my, I guess I don't know. My frustration more comes from like just thinking that that fans of country music deserve better, and like I just wish it was yeah. easier. And that's what we're doing is trying to make it more accessible, right? That's like as Garrett's saying, that's that's what we're trying to do is make it more accessible because it's so hard to find. But I just think that that you know the fans of country music deserve better, and and yeah. like I think you said it, Mike is is uh. You know, it's like spoon fed. It, it's, everybody just takes in what the mainstream gives you and you don't put any thought to it. You just spoon fed it. Mm, and like and don't, you don't understand what I'm Sorry. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just the accessibility of it. And that's, yeah. that's what we're trying to help with. And I don't know. But. Yeah. And from like your perspective, I've always found it interesting how like the Opry and country radio have been seen as like these bastions of like, country culture that i like a must have and you have to play on that stage you have to be on radio but you know mm-hmm. they kicked hank williams out they kicked johnny cash out mainstream radio has not helped like tyler or schedule anyway why do you think mm-hmm. these institutions are still so like hallowed even though there's like continuous examples of people like bypassing them there, there's there's money in the fact mm-hmm. that they're such historically important i guess institutions mm. but i mean on the flip side of that i mean zach bryan's playing the opry tonight i was just gonna say like i you mean know, they, they like it's not that they don't pay hours attention here. to these people like the, like they don't it's not that they don't pay attention but but the, the ones that they promote the most is you know when the opry has you know sam hunt playing They're, you're gonna see a lot more about that yeah why why <laughs> fucking why money i guess mm. like but i mean they do they do at least let little people on you know zach brown's not little in my book but i wouldn't say yeah but it's still you know it's cool like i mean less than two years ago i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it was two summers ago that guy was like posting videos of him playing those first few songs on twitter and then people basically mm-hmm. showed up at pick with pitchforks at his fucking door and were like record music right album now. <laughs> album now <laughs> so like it's cool to see like how quickly i mean that guy you know i don't you know want to go down their rabbit hole but it's just like that's that's a good example of like somebody who's kind of just you know through the songs just fucking made a name for himself and like mm-hmm. now tonight he's about to play he's about to play the grand old opry so i mean 
something to be said for that type of thing too. I think, and I think that's, that's a uh, testament to how, how passionate this community is who like this type of music, like mm. who, who pay attention to this type of music. And like, you know, there's even people I'm sure who listen to him or any of these other ones who didn't really listen to country music before, mm. you know, like I said, and that goes back to what I said about it. It's addictive. Like, I feel like I'm sure I you were interested to get your over in the UK. Like, um, I, I find that people in fans of this type of music in like our community, I keep calling it, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. They know what it takes to get artists up and down the road and they're not shy about supporting them, whether it means, you know, obviously they're going to go to a show every time they're in town. They're going to buy a t-shirt or two or three at that show. They're going to buy a vinyl record. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they have a real appreciation for the actual, the, you know, what it take what it takes to to support these artists i guess yeah. it's not just streaming on spotify you know that they, they yeah, they're, they're very they're the first on ones ground. to pre-order that record right yeah um so that you know that's that's always cool too like no there's no better feeling when than when somebody like messages us or tweets at us or whatever it is and they're just like oh like i really loved Char again just whatever Char charlie marie like i really loved listening to that like her she's awesome i just went and bought a t-shirt yeah like fuck right on good like even if i can get one person to go buy her t-shirt for listening to that podcast you know yeah, man. same i had um, luke hendrickson on a while back who's a great guy if you've not heard him he's up in minnesota um, oh, cool. and like, to me. yeah he put out a uh, one night at the crystal lounge which is a phenomenal record and um, someone like tweeted me saying like i bought the vinyl because of that and that's like something that is really important as podcast is because sometimes you do kind of feel that you're just speaking into the void yeah and if you can actually make a difference even in like one sale to an artist and make such it just gives you a warm and fuzzy feeling inside yeah man exactly if you, it's really rewarding it's you're like oh like maybe there's somebody out there listening you know we are kind of making a difference not yeah. only that like you know that artist is gonna be like oh shit like cool like they may never know that that's why somebody bought that t-shirt but it's i mean it feels good for people like us you know mm. even Dude, even when, like, you know, all the time on Twitter, people are like, hey, what artists are you listening to right now? Then someone will go down and they'll be like, Brent Cobb, Charlie Murray, uh, yeah. you know, 49 Winchester. They'll, they'll tweet a, a list of names and at the bottom they'll tag us. Mm. It's like all people like That's we've it. had on. It's like they'll say whatever they recommend. And it's like, yeah. oh, really? You guys actually yeah. care? Like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> like, That's cool. Yeah, it's That's fun. Cool. Yeah. And how do you kind of keep tabs on new music? Because I saw on your like oh. on your webpage, you have like a team behind you now of like guys yeah, like looking for new. Like, what's the kind of process of like, or even screening process of new artists and how you find new man? Stuff? Like, shout out to those guys. I mean, yeah, I mean, those guys are are there to kind of help us out with you know whether it be content. Like, they're Jay filled in for Mike on a podcast here a while back when Mike just had he was out doing other stuff. He was actually shooting I was doing a video session. He was doing some other stuff for us. So it's just like now like we have, you know, people to fill in for a podcast or people to go yeah. shoot a video or do an interview or whatever. Like Jay, uh, one of the fellows who's writing for us, like he is doing an outstanding job writing for us. But I, I guess this is all to say like, you know, those guys, you know, there's a reason they wanted to be involved with us and there's a reason we wanted them yeah. to come and help us out. And it's because they, just as much as we do, if not honestly more, they have their ear to the ground when mm -hmm. it comes to this stuff, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, Jonathan... 
think I'll just stay yeah. here and meme. Go give him a follow on Instagram. First of all, he's yeah. hilarious. He's the meme king. But uh, like that guy, I don't know if I've ever texted him and been like, oh, have you heard of this? Or have you, have you heard of her? Have you heard of him? And he'll be like, oh, yeah, they're pretty good. Or, oh, she's pretty good. <laughs> like he knows shit. I don't even know where he finds time to like <laughs> listen to all this and like have an I swear, opinion on we, it. Because it's we like, should make up a name and, and be like, hey, have you heard of this person? See what he says. <laughs> yeah, see what he says. Just yeah. like probably he has heard of it. It's, it's amazing. It really You're is. A fake those, person. Th- those guys are great. I mean, Jonathan's introduced us to a ton of music. Mm-hmm. And even if he hasn't introduced us to it, he's definitely like, like one is is Nicholas Jamerson, for example. I've been listening to Nicholas Jamerson since he was in Sunday Best. Like I knew, you know, like I'd listened to Nicholas Jamerson a lot. I was a fan of his solo stuff and Sunday Best before Jonathan kind of like reiterated. He like when we first had Jonathan on the show, he was like, "Oh, I'd love to play Nick's music." I was like, "Oh yeah, that's awesome!" Like I love him, and like since then, you know, it kind of just like it's. Like I said, I've li- I'd, I had listened to and been a fan of his before, but he mm. just kind of like brought that back out, and like I'm an even bigger fan of his now because Jonathan. And like, no man, Jonathan Nicholas is the shit. Like, <laughs> Jonathan like introduced us to being friends with Nick, and like he came yeah. over and hung out with us in Lexington, like you know, like he he built that connection with between yeah. us and too, like yeah. and and other artists, like yeah, that's cool. But I think when it comes to screening for music, that's where it gets very tricky. Because we get sent a lot of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Like, we get sent a lot of stuff. I'm and, sure you do, too, man, even with your show. Yeah. Like mm. People just hitting you up yeah. on Instagram and stuff, being like, hey, I'd love for you to listen. And it's like, yeah. a lot of the time, I feel bad because it's like, I would love to listen, but it's like, I you're the 25th person to message me something today. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I mean? How do you find That's, time to listen to all that? But, every, every, every time you do, it's like, you're hoping it's good. And then most of the time, it's it's not um wow. but yeah. i think i think what, what we look for what i look for is pretty simple formula that i try to keep keep to is uh a, a true country sound which could be a lot of things right but i like to hear the instruments you know if it, if it sounds country yeah. right it's not overproduced um it's got a good sound okay and then substance so in the lyrics uh, if you got if you check those two boxes you're you're sitting good i mean obviously like you're not gonna sing like i sing like you know you're gonna be like be able to sing a little bit you know too like there's there's other things that that factor in but um uh yeah that's pretty much it if it's got a true country sound which is a broad thing like that's that's hard to pinpoint but you know when you hear it and you know when you don't yeah and then like screening uh, for music to try to find a put on like bring yeah. a guest on you mean uh other like long-haired mike <laughs> that, that's how <laughs> I, that's host how mike I <laughs> um, is that what you meant by that question and even just like when you find music because like i yeah. also just like listening yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. that's what i was like if i hear something new like that's those are the things i'm thinking of like first yeah. off do i like this yeah like <laughs> that's, I think that's the first question like does this sound good like yeah <laughs> you know like obviously and then but like you know meaningful lyrics like they're not just singing yeah bullshit that doesn't mean anything you know like has some substance to it also it's nice um but uh i guess how i discover most of my music is i don't even know twitter twitter spotify youtube mm-hmm. i love those those like you said gems on vhs those youtube sessions I mean, i can go just let those things play yeah, and then discover a lot of artists that way, you know. 
and then you're getting it you're getting it raw you know you're not getting whatever you know if it's overproduced on an album you're getting them just playing yeah. and like that's a good like that's how you like you can tell a lot from that yeah. you know there's someone playing a guitar and singing yeah um, yeah, man, like I am help admin a page called Road Country here in the UK, which is trying to like right. promote UK artists as well as mm-hmm. you know, independent American ones. And it is a lot of like screening process of, you know, you can normally tell in the first five or 10 seconds if it's actually like a worthwhile song. And yeah. it does save a lot of time when you do that. But like one of the things for the UK, I don't know if you guys have that issue is if someone starts singing in an American accent and I know they're from like Essex. And that's always been an issue over here in the UK is like, there's an authenticity like fight where it's right. like people think by putting on a Southern accent, that's what country music is. And that's what needs to be authentic. And I know like, does that kind of happen in the States where, you know, people who are, you know, cause like Jesse Daniels from California, Charlie Marie is from Rhode Island, but they aren't putting on country accents to sing country songs. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, there's definitely, I mean, I think we talked about this with Zephaniah Aura. He's from Brooklyn. And it's just like... He lives in Brooklyn. He's not from there. Yeah, yeah, well, sorry. Yeah, he lives in Brooklyn. But anyway, like, he doesn't... I mean, he... he we just had the conversation about, like, he's not going to... He's like, I'm not going to sing in a Southern accent because I'm not from the South. Yeah. Like, and I don't even think, like, I would say, like... I mean, dude, again, like, I keep beating this over the head, but Charlie Marie, like, you listen to her talk on the podcast, she's got a thick, like, Rhode yeah. Island accent, dude. Like, she's... And it's it's awesome. But she... Like, you don't hear it when she sings, but I wouldn't say she's, like, laying it on thick where she's, like, putting on no. a southern... I wouldn't say she's... It's, like, a phony accent. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I think, you know, like, there's a ton of people who sing entirely differently than than they speak. Um yeah, I don't think. I mean, Jesse doesn't have a. I wouldn't I say he has a, a southern yeah. accent when he yeah. sings. He, he, yeah. he sounds like himself. You know, like I think there is something to be said. Though I think you know, it, I mean, it would be pretty funny if that, that sounds fake when he sings. That accent yeah. sounds fake. He's from the south, but I think that sounds overly fake. You know. Yeah, I was just, but that's what I was trying to say. It's just like I think I think there is something really fucking phony about changing your accent, like yeah. laying that southern accent on to try to be country because i mean those those are three great examples i mean i mean california is kind of south well it's not south but california is california but rhode island and, and brooklyn i mean those are those certainly aren't the south but those like yeah again those artists aren't out there singing in morgan wallen's voice so <laughs> so that's cool that's fine with me right but if i i would think it's pretty phony if they were uh putting on a it's real southern accent. Big southern drawl. I didn't know about that though. Like a UK artist, like making a super, yeah, like, it's doing a super southern accent. It's some like it's the same thing where like like British rap. Some British rappers try and put on an American accent to rap. Yeah, and then you sometimes hear American artists who are influenced by Amy Winehouse and Adele try and put on like a British accent to sing. I was going to say, the, what about what about? Uh, american and canadian rappers trying to put on uh like british accents or like even like a like a caribbean like jamaican type of an accent yeah because like dude i know like like i know a lot of guys from toronto i played basketball a lot of guys from toronto or just been around a lot of dudes from toronto and they like they've and i mean that's that's a little different because there is a lot of people who are actually from both like the uk and from the caribbean over there so it is a little different that like kind of slang and like uh accent is kind of 
in with now this weird like blend of Canadian and Toronto like slang, I guess. Mm. But it's just like like they definitely I, I've heard Canadian rappers like put on a you know kind of a British sort of a accent, I suppose. <laughs> I like I like talking in a British a British accent only when I want to say the C word because it's acceptable <laughs> if you say the C word in a in a British yeah. accent. Yeah, cunts just like an adjective. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dude. See, so, so, but but so you, here you have to say it in a British accent so you know it's acceptable. You you Otherwise said you said you listened to the Charlie Marie episode. I actually edited this part out right after we talk about her saying broad. <laughs> yeah. I I I clipped this part out because I couldn't say it on the show, but I was just like, yeah, like like Kant is kind of similar. Like in Canada, we say that word, like yeah. not you know, not like like you guys say it way more, and even <laughs> Australians say it way more, but yeah. like in Canada, it's not really a like I'll call an in, inanimate object a, a cunt. <laughs> like yeah. I will. I don't know. Like it's just kind of the way. Like I mean, Mike, 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 Mike commented yeah. on that shit when I went down to the states. I was just like, oh yeah, I grabbed that kind. Like, and he's like, dude, like maybe not. Oh, yeah. just, oh, oh, sorry. Like shit. Whoops. Like I don't know. But yeah. that's <laughs> that's handy that. to know if I ever go to the states because it's like shit cunt dog cunt like yeah constant, constantly. <laughs> No, 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 Mike. You have an accent. You have a British accent. So, so I'd get away with fine. it. You're fine. You got a pass. Right? Get out of jail free yeah. card. Nice. Yeah. Good to know. Accent. I can't say it. I don't have an accent. So I. Yeah. Well, God forbid you ever said it on your podcast because I'd hate to see another review of um, your language. Being oh, yeah, man. Yeah, geez. That's, you know what? It's you know funny. There's a follow up review. Somebody reviewed, somebody wrote another review and was just like, uh, yeah, I've never met whatever his name was, but uh, like I'm, I'm sure uh, he, he, he commented. He, he wrote a review commenting on that guy's review. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, we, we should leave that guy alone. We, we beat him to death already. What, is, what was the follow? I don't, I haven't seen it. Oh, I don't know. I just read it here the other day oh. when I was looking at her. Dang. Yeah. It's kind of funny, yeah. anyways. Yeah, you yeah guys- we kind of bastardized that guy. Do you, you? Yeah, like yeah. you cuss on this show, don't you? Obviously. Yeah, you like so. Are you guys <laughs> conscious of what, like you say? Obviously, I'm not only English. I'm from like Liverpool, like Merseyside. So mm-hmm. it's like the kind of thing where when you go air, when you think that's like we can fill that space with like fuck shit, whatever right. curse word we think of is like basically a pause or a period at the end of our sentences. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, like I'll say cunt in front of my mom and stuff. Like it's not a yeah. thing that matters to be honest over here. Or to yeah. at some point, like, like even like when I've been in work and stuff, it's just part of my vocabulary. Yeah. But are are you guys conscious of the language you use on podcasts and stuff? Because I've kind of like with you guys or with guests, I'll try and tone down my language a bit compared Same. to what I will be. Barbecue, but are you conscious of that kind of thing? I'll usually I'm- try to throw out a feeler at the start before we get on the air like i'll make sure i'll say fuck or shit or something or like say something a little abrasive and see Mm. if they follow suit see if they like cuss too yeah and they're like if i notice they're cussing i'm gonna cuss or like even like on an episode where we know it's gonna be some silly shit like when (laughs) keekers and ferg came on episode 69 okay like this is gonna be literally the stupidest thing ever (laughs) spoken to a microphone so like it's fine it was and like any episode, like you, I don't know, you kind of just read the room, dude. Like, yeah. you know, like I said, if they're cussing, it's like, okay, now I feel way more open about cussing where like even, or if they're maybe, maybe they're a little shy or something like that. And you cuss a couple of times. Sometimes it loosens people up too. If you, mm-hmm. if you do that, I don't know. Like I said, it's kind I, I, of the yeah. read the room thing. One thing, I don't know, this is kind of unrelated, but one thing we try not to do 
if we are aware of it beforehand is we don't we'll we won't drink in front of mm. like people who are sober obviously yeah uh you're so. not sober right no that's one of the things i was just right. saying. i do the same yeah. thing but like true to a stereotype this is a cup of tea so right <laughs> oh, yeah, only drink. Nice. yeah uh um, yeah i don't know yeah i don't know I've, i filter myself all day at teaching school so yeah. uh i don't really want to uh to, to continue that into the podcast you know yeah right. i don't i don't i don't have a tally sitting there like ah i'm only at uh 12 cuss words this episode i need to get to 25 yeah. like you know i don't try to cuss but definitely depends on the conversation I if it is a little more serious like when we had hayes carl on like okay the first of all this is hayes carl like he you know i'm lucky to even be talking to him right now so and he was more like you could tell he was a little more used to being interviewed in maybe a more traditional sense or I don't mm-hmm. know, like that conversation, like I said, it's just, you kind of just feel the vibe of the conversation. Like I'm not just going to sit and say fuck shit, piss this and that yeah. all day long to Hayes. Cause it was like a real, like it was a pretty like relatively serious conversation for our standards. Mm. Um, you know, when we get to more, more so. silly shit, it's like, <laughs> Yeah, when we get into like some more silly shit, it's like, okay, now we can kind of let her fly, right? But I don't know. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah you don't like go, I said, you don't walk in and go, How the fuck are you fucking doing? Yeah, like not usually, <laughs> but I will try to throw out a feeler at the start. Like I'll definitely make sure that one of us, like like we gotta, you know, kind of cuss at the start or like we tell them like usually our little rundown before we start recording, it's like, okay, well, I guess let's get started. Uh the only thing we try not to talk about is politics. You can ask us questions. This is not an interview. We're just talking mm. and uh, like you can cuss, you can do whatever. It doesn't matter. This is just, we're just talking. That's yeah. basically the rundown that we say every single time. I, I, I think I'm going to start like when I hop on the Zoom calls, just like as soon as I get in, just be like, what's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> see how it goes. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck is up in this bitch? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you cunts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's definitely. I kind of did it in an accent, so it's acceptable. <laughs> it is. It's don't funny. cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> that's. It has been weird to kind of see cunt as like a word that's got such a reaction in the states because over yeah. here it's just like every other word. So it's, yeah. it's it's still like it kind of to me it's always like you know when you first start swearing when you were a kid, uh-huh. right? Yeah. To me, it just kind of <laughs> seems like it's at that level still. And it's just yeah. interesting to me that like how language is, you know, kind of segregating. I think Britain and Australia are in a competition to see who can say it the most. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Who's I winning? I, I think you're right. Australia probably. Yeah. Dude, Australians say it like it's like every other word out of their mouth, dude. Like yeah. it's funny and like yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> but then we it start, is like, pretty funny. Yeah, me and my mates start watching that Big Les show on YouTube. And then we just started appropriating a lot of like how they were using it into our conversations to try and just get our numbers up as well. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like, I think it has a more like uh, of like a uh, misogynistic uh, implication. Yeah. In the yeah. States, it does. Yes. For sure. Like it's definitely yeah. like a misogynistic thing yeah. where like yep. people hear that and they're like, Oh, like they look at you like, Oh no, no. Like you don't do that. <laughs> Up here, I don't think. I mean, I'm not gonna say it around my mother, <laughs> for like probably. Yeah. But I can definitely like. I mean, when I'm yeah, just out with people, like fucking, I don't know, let her fly. If somebody has a problem with it, they'll tell you, and then it's yeah. like, oh, sorry, like, <laughs> oops. Yeah. Tell you what, I'm gonna go out to the bars 
t- tonight. I'll I'll start throwing it around to see how it goes. Yeah. I was say that I think I'll the difference there is like I would never walk up to a female and, and say and call her that ever. No, like, no, I would, no. Like, I would never do that. That's entirely different. Yeah. But like, if it's I a will personal say, attack, like, that's like a difference. There's two cans story. sitting on my desk. Like, right. oh, go throw them cunts in the garbage. Yeah. Like, right. you know, what I, like that's. I'll go grab that kind of like I'll, I'll yeah. call a guy like I'll, I'll call I'll call every one of my friends that comes to their yeah. face like a hundred times like <laughs> but yeah I think that's I don't know yeah what if it's like actually aimed at someone that's the difference but yeah yeah for sure it, yeah it's yeah. interesting have you found obviously you say you don't talk about politics and stuff on the show have you found that to be a stumbling block or something that's kind of you've wanted to ask questions and you've not because of that rule or that kind of guideline it's pretty easy going into it knowing if you're going to be talking about music that's inherently political, yeah. kind of, or at least like even uh, like so more. And I mean, it's stupid now because like in the world we live in, it's like social issues immediately just people take them as political, right? Yeah. Like we talked about with Katie Pruitt, we talked about like you know LGBTQ stuff, or like you know how oh, yeah. how yeah. how representing that stuff in her music was important to her, basically. Yeah. And that's, is, I mean, to me, that's not political. Not, not a political thing. Yeah, you know? exactly. We That's entirely different than sitting and saying like, oh, fucking Trump versus Biden or whatever. You right. know what I'm saying? And I hate talking about that shit, first of all, because, because like every, everybody, I, I mean, I say this all the time to people. I'm just like, I don't get a vote anyway, so I don't give a fuck, first of all. And I hate talking about politics with anybody. So it's mm. like and nobody wants, nobody tunes into a music podcast to listen to us talk about, yeah. you know politics but i mean like 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 i said at the start there's definitely certain songs and certain artists where you know you're going to talk about that type of stuff but it's just because the music Mm. is inherently political it's not yeah it's not like we're going to sit there and have a debate over (laughs) over republican or democrat shit or whatever and and 99 percent of the time when the line is said like hey we talk about anything other than politics they're like thank god <laughs> you know yeah, exactly. like that's the typical reaction yeah mm-hmm. so yeah no it's yeah. really interesting like i had um charles wesley godwin in a, a while back last year nice. yeah and, um, he's awesome i i put the podcast up on his fan page and someone commented being like oh it's um i can't remember if they said it was weird that it was so political at the beginning or they just commented on it being political hmm. or it was weird because all we were doing we talked about like um like windmills and like his songs are about small towns being decimated and yeah. just kind of talking about how that's kind of led from, because we've got the same issue here where it's kind of just people have been left behind. Everything's gone derelict. There's been no funding and no support. So we were just kind of talking yeah. about that. And that was taken by people to be like this political issue instead of like, obviously it's down to politics and governments and things, but to have mm-hmm. that singled out as you were talking politics and it was a really interesting thing to see. Like I said, though, at the start, that's more like a social thing that yeah. people just like in their brain. They're like, oh, that's political. But it's like, yeah. no, man, it's not it's really at all. Actually. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, one of the worst things kind of in this era is a lot of moral and social issues have been swept up as political issues. Yeah, uh-huh. like political issue is kind of like the Americana of, you know, and like it's just a catch all term to say, like, get everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, good point, man. <laughs> Americana, the umbrella. Yeah, it's just an umbrella tend to catch everything. Yeah, yeah. Americana ain't no part of nothing. 
<laughs> but before this podcast, like I was doing a bit of research on you guys, and I listened back to the "What Is Country" music episode. You guys, oh boy, did. yeah, gee, <laughs> that's that's you. a throwback, dude. That's like episode no. four or something, or no, maybe that's dude? like twenty, maybe episode 20, 20. twelve. Just to twelve, oh. okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> more well versed than us. Yeah, you know, uh, better so. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys kind of like changed your stance on what is country music? I know we talked about it a bit before, but I really found what you were saying interesting wondered if it had changed in the last like 70 plus episodes and have you found yourselves getting more like analytical or academic when it comes to your approach of what country music and what americana is and things i don't know if my opinions changed on what country music is i think my like i think i was a little gatekeepy before mm. where i was like that's country and that's not or whatever yeah. but i think now and like i think that's just come with like the more you talk to artists and the more you realize that the artists themselves don't really care about being put in a box of a genre anyways mm. then as a fan you're like oh well he doesn't care if he's called country or not so why do i have to care like yeah i, th- I think and even like i don't know if mike would even agree with this but i think like our shows become less about calling this country or that country and more about just like this is good music you should listen to it support it you know mm. i think i don't know that's if that makes if that answers your question yeah. i think that's kind of like how my mind has changed on it a little bit i i can't even recall like what my stance exactly was back then but yeah. i feel like it's decently similar with like the the sound and the substance kind, yeah. of, kind of thing um so i guess that would be the same but everything garrett said too like mm. yeah we're definitely it'd be more more towards just we're trying to show good music more than worrying about what it's labeled you know like we had band of oh. heathens on they're straight up they're like no nah, we're not a country band we're a rock and roll band all right, right. like sure like yeah. I, I still oh, think I there's a little bit of country influence and i think they would right. say that too but they're like no nah, we're a rock and roll band yeah. arlo mckinley he's like i don't really consider myself a country musician or a country artist it's like okay but sounds kind of country it's got pedal steel in it i don't know if that's is that the defining factor is got pedal steel in it i don't know no or like because i'm pretty sure sam hunt throws (laughs) to try to make Uh, we were gonna have like we were in kind of having conversations with uh black pumas before they like played on the grammys and now they're way too big for us but like at that point i was just like fuck like let's have them on like they're it's pretty country influenced like it's still like like it's still, I don't know that, that to me is Americana though. Also where it's like, okay, they're kind of R and B. They're kind of blues. They're kind of soul. They're kind of country. Well, what the hell do you Here's call an umbrella. that? I don't know. Americana, I guess. So yeah. fuck it. Like that's not out of our realm. I don't think, or even like, uh, uh, Leon bridges or something mm. like I'd fucking bring him on our show anytime. I mean, not that he gives a shit about talking to us, but just, <laughs> you know, just an example of like, yeah. I don't think it has to necessarily be, the textbook definition of country anymore and that that pisses some of our listeners off too. yeah for sure like so we've like, you know like, people are they're, like, they're like, why are you promoting that strictly country music podcast mm. like we get yeah. that a lot mm. like what, what are you talking to this person for you know and it's like yeah. well we like their music man like yeah. we're fans we're just yeah. talking to our people that we like like if it's good it's good don't you dig know, into it doesn't it really far, matter what genre it is does that mean i'm gonna bring on like i'd at least not right now. I don't think we're in a position where we can go as far as to like bring on like a rapper or something, mm. but it's like, <laughs> Oh no, we're not going <laughs> to, but it's like, yeah, like I don't, I think, I think just like the definition of what we think is 
not even we individually, but like we as like, if we're going to just call hippies and cowboys this thing, I think like it's, it's definitely broadened yeah. uh, throughout the time that we've been doing the podcast where it's like, okay, like I have no problem promoting something that maybe I wouldn't have promoted, you know, even nine months ago mm. now. Uh, just because, like I said, you, the more you talk to these artists, the more you realize like they don't give a fuck if they're put into a box of, oh, your country or, oh, your Americana or this or that. And like once, as a, as a fan, as a listener, at least for me, once I realize that, I'm like, well, if they don't care, why should I have to care? Yeah. You know? yeah. No, that's really an interesting thing. And listening back to what like your podcast was about what is country music yeah. and um, looking at the. <laughs> that's air- a very popular episode, actually, which is weird. Like, yeah. I guess yeah. it's just because of the name. It's a catchy yeah. name, I guess. Yeah. I, I think it's that. And I think <laughs> a lot of people want to kind of have the opinions validated of what they think country music is. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I, th- I think a lot of like what Americana is or what people think it is, I think it's a lot of it's audience defined, not artist defined. Yeah. And like, I remember I was watching the Hot One Highways Revisited, and um, I can't remember who said it. With the, like the difference between a country audience and an Americana audience is, um, the Americana audience is the same as the country audience. There's just no Republicans, and that to me <laughs> kind of made me think. Then that's it's more about what the audience is than what the artist is. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. That's interesting because yeah. you. I mean, just going off like that quote, like, I guess maybe just has something to do with the, the demographic that's listening mm-hmm. to the music maybe? and the, and the like maybe Americana is a little more urban, like as far as like people who grew up in cities aren't going to call themselves country because they didn't grow up in the country. Like that's, that's always a weird factor yeah. for me when you talk to people is like they're country artists but didn't they're in in a suburb or something it's just mm. like well conveniently 90 percent of what you see on country radio <laughs> but um i think yeah i mean that's a that's probably a whole nother podcast for a whole other day for, if, if you want to get into a conversation about that like the differences between like somebody's roots both as a listener and as an artist type mm. of thing I think, yeah i don't know that's i almost don't even want to continue my train of thought because I'll go in so far deep into this rabbit hole because it's a very interesting, like there's a very interesting dynamic there as yeah. far as like where somebody's from both as an artist and as a listener, I guess. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, I think it's interesting, like, especially from a UK perspective, because a lot of people will call themselves Americana and not country, but they seem to be more part of using country because of its connotations with America like, yeah, I was going to say, how do they America. call themselves Americana if you're not an that's, American? That's right? right. I find that too with Canada. How do you call yourself an American artist if you're from Canada? You're not from America. So, yeah. <laughs> how do you know. call yourself a red dirt artist from Texas? Yeah. Same thing. True. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the one thing I was listening to your podcast and like that quote popped up in my head of like, was, and I think a lot of it is it's always audience defined in terms of what people, especially with Americana, it's like what they kind of feel comfortable with. Cause I remember I toured Europe and I call myself like an alt country artist when I'm booking shows and someone came to a gig thinking I was an alt right country artist. And that was a whole lot. I had to put, I had to put to bed Uh straight away. (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, because yeah, it was, I think it was like 2018. 
and um, they came up to me if, at the gig and they were like, oh, so you support Trump? And I'm like, one, I'm British. That's sketchy. Um, I, yeah. I, I don't think they were all right or they were promoting that kind of thing, but they thought that I was. And I think right. they were going to try and convert me or something to it otherwise. Protest but that was just, or something. Yeah. But it's weird to have those kind of perceptions. Have you found, yeah. like, with the Hippies and Cowboys podcast, like, those, like, kind of, not necessarily issues, but those kind of perspectives, like, good or bad about what country music is coming up to you guys just from the name you mean or just from like from the- from the name and from like promoting country and you know roots and americana music i think it's always i think it's always like mike said like if somebody has a problem with it they mm. think it's because we're not promoting enough stuff that's super hard country mm. i think maybe because there's like there's yeah, there's people who would be like, oh, why are you promoting that artist? And it's just like, well, why isn't he or she country? Yeah. Why not? Like, explain to me why they're not. Is oftentimes like, if I ever get that question, it's like, well, why aren't they country? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know, what's country then, dude? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. We haven't got too much. Really, like, it's it's actually funny for in a year and four months now of doing this podcast, we haven't got a ton of like super negative backlash really about anything, honestly, mm-hmm. except for our too much cussing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Can you think of one, Mike? I don't know. We haven't, people don't yell at us too often. <clears throat> Maybe uh, not we, often we, enough. We have a, a review that we're too timid. Mm. Oh yeah. 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 So. But like, dude, like that's the worst. Like, I can't think of something where somebody was like really pissed about, about something we're doing like i okay i'll just for as an example like i have a friend here uh in alberta and he just started a podcast like two months ago Mm. if that like two maybe three months ago and he's had i think like five episodes out and he has like a playlist that he's like dude like the guy has like maybe a hundred followers on instagram like he's doesn't have a big audience he just started and he had a playlist of like literally like 2000 songs or something on it. Like it's a huge playlist mm. and somebody DM'd him and he's just like, Oh, Hey, like would appreciate it if you went and followed my playlist. And he was just telling me about this like a few weeks ago. And he's like, this, this person DM'd him on Instagram, like went on a rant about how he's like a misogynist and all this. Cause he didn't have like 50, 50 men and mm. women on the playlist. And I'm just like, dude, like, He's like, is anybody, do you get that a lot? Like, do, do people yell at you for not promoting enough women? I was like, well, first of all, like, well, we have to actively think about that too. I was like, first of all, like, we don't, like, I, I mean, we don't really we, like, oh, like, it's been a while. We got to fucking get a woman in there. It's just like, okay, like, there was a period there where we had like four women on in a row and I never thought twice about it. It was never, but like, nobody's ever yelled at us for that. Like, mm. nobody's ever DM'd us and been like, oh, you fuckers. Like, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of the times with, with our guests, it's, it, it's kind of based around what music's coming out yeah. and, and what PR people were in, in contact with, mm-hmm. but it is something where it's like, you know, so, a lot of these, you know, maybe it was scheduled, you know, they reach out to us and they reach out to us and then we end up with six dudes in a row. Like, and we do have to think, we have to be like, this looks bad. Yeah. You know, we need like that. That's Sometimes, a real thing. Like- Cause they, cause Dude, the, the, uh, some of those journalists in like Nashville are, are ruthless, and they'll 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 call you. But they don't they'll care about what we're doing. Like, and you don't want your whole brand being labeled as misogynist. Yeah. Like, you can't. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. But that, that but was at the same actually, time like that's oh. not what like we're just 
promoting the people we like. Like Garrett said, we get four girls on in a row and it's not like we didn't think about doing that. Like, Hey, we need a bunch of girls on right now. It's just how it happens. You know, yeah. it's what music's yeah. coming out. It's who we're in contact with, you know, yeah. like, okay. but, but it is something that you have to be aware of like for sure. Yeah. That but, was something I actually Which is a good to... thing though, too. Yeah. Like it's, it's good to think about. It's just like, yeah. hey, like you know, like it's cause we want to, we want to be, you know, like play, Bear if that's yeah. the if that's that's kind of a fucky way of putting it but it's just like like we don't want to you know exactly it's, it's something to think about like but a lot of it's i mean you said like some of the journalists and stuff too like they also don't give a fuck about what we're doing <laughs> like, <really>. no <laughs> yeah because this so, was they, they give a fuck about they you know the journalists give a fuck about whining yeah. and and calling yeah. people out and trying to cancel people that's what they care about that's all they care yeah. about. they don't care about the music so I mean, they don't yeah. give a, they don't care about us but they would care about trying to make us look bad yeah and that's 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 all that's what gets but like i off. said i just like my story that i told i was just like it was just funny to me like i was just like no man like nobody's ever like cussed us out about that that's weird because it was like i said he just started like the guy's barely got enough he's barely got one guy on there and like somebody yelled at him because he didn't have enough women on his show and he's just like well like what do you mean man i got like at the time i think he quite literally had like two or three episodes mm. out and some woman, like somebody just cussed him out about it. And I'm like, oh God, like that's, that's rough, dude. <laughs> yeah, that was something I wanted to kind of ask you about because I saw on Twitter a while back, someone um, had to go with Chris Shiflett over his Walk on the Floor podcast. Yeah, right. Not having either people of color or women on it. I can't remember yeah, which one Yeah, I think it was, it was both. Like, they yeah. really kind of put him through the ringer though. And yeah. he was like, they were like, what was the comment? You should fire your booker or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, well, that would be tough because I am the booker. <laughs> uh yeah no i i mean it like it's like mike said at least for us like uh, especially now i think it's become more this way since we've kind of grown in size Mm -hmm. of like audience we definitely a lot of our episodes are based around new music and promotion yeah so naturally if we get 10 emails about males with new records coming out but we only get one about a female with a new record coming out like it's like probably there's gonna be you know even even if seven of them suck like okay maybe there's it's two to one like i i don't know it's i i've had a tougher time like i i do most of the booking in most cases just because i have more free time on my hands to send emails but it's just like most of the time we get more responses from i think it's i think it's a thing where too like maybe we're two dudes uh, yeah, like I hate to I hate to accuse anybody of this, but I mean maybe people have preconceived notions about what we might be like yeah. just because we are just two random dudes. We're not, you know, like we have no real journalistic reputation to for, but A, we don't have one and B, like we don't have one to uphold. So, you know, maybe like maybe sometimes like publicity people of females like look at us and say like, "Oh, well, why would mm. she want to go talk to these two morons? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Cause we are kind of just a couple morons, but, um, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if, like I said, I, I don't want to speculate cause I don't, I don't know if that is the case, yeah. but I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. It is. It is. Uh, we have had a tougher time, um, getting girls, yeah. getting ladies to come on the show. Yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, no, it is an interesting thing. And it's, I always kind of think like, it's also, you don't want to be a kind of accused of tokenism and trying yeah. to go out your way to get someone who may not be necessarily as talented, but kind of checks boxes of exactly that are under. Yeah. I don't, 
there's no way we don't we don't want to do that. We don't yeah. want to be like okay. We I'm got not gonna seven, I'm not gonna you know, promote a white seven, guy that I white dudes in a row like uh, this this guy emailed us yeah and or this uh, this African American woman emailed us. Well, we need to get one. You know, we need yeah. to check that box. Like even though we don't dig it, like we're not gonna do that. Like that's no, I'm not, not gonna I'm not gonna promote a white guy that I don't like. So I'm not gonna right. promote yeah. any other promote like I'm never I'm not gonna play the I'm not gonna play the fucking. Yeah, I'm not going to play yeah. the game of like, oh, I have to have, you know, an, an Asian American or mm-hmm. a, like, like what, whatever it is. I'm not going to play that game where it's like, I have to check a box. It's just yeah. like, your music's yeah. good or your music's bad. And I'm not going to promote your music based on what color your skin is or who, where you're from or whoever you are. If I like it or if we like it, like we don't, we are like, again, the same as Chris, like we are the bookers. If we yeah. like it, we'll play it. We'll promote it. I mean, I scroll through yeah. my playlist man like i've got tons of women tons of african-american artists tons of like there's asian-american artists like i like i said i'm not gonna yeah i'm not gonna i'm the, not gonna play some game i'm just we're just not gonna and, play that play a game and, where it's and like, at, oh, at the end of the day too we we don't control who says yes yeah <laughs> you know yeah, exactly exactly yes. so uh yeah i think uh, yeah it's it, it's something to, to think it. about but like we're gonna put on who we like and who we can get that we like mm. <laughs> and, and it's, it, it does suck and you know what if, you... if people bitch at us about it they bitch. we don't want we don't we want to avoid it but yeah you know. we we haven't had anybody bitch at us about it but it, but it does suck having to have that in the back of your mind like yeah. you definitely you know you're just like oh like hopefully nobody cancels me for not yeah promoting promoting something that they like like what you know like sorry like i guess mm. i don't know yeah. you know like it's stupid that you have to think about that. Like, and I mean, maybe that's why nobody's yelled at us about it yet is just because we are two random dudes who don't actually, you know, like yeah. we're not, we're not journalists. So mm. they don't have anything to like base anything off of. They don't low expectations. That's yeah, what we drive low expectations. <laughs> a couple of guys in their twenties who just like care about music, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's why, that's why we don't talk about politics. Cause it's just like, like I'm not getting into like a, some big long argument about, who you're gonna vote for? I yeah. don't care. Just, just the same way I don't care about your, you know, like. But there's, you know, because I think there's a fine line between like being very, um, what's the word? Like conscious of including everyone, you know, and being inclusive. I guess is the mm. word. Because I, I do want to do those things. Like I want to be inclusive and play a female as much as, as a male artist. And like I, I understand that 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 type of thing is very important yeah. too, you know, to promote people who aren't straight white dudes. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's like, there's, there's certainly a point too there where you can go over that line and almost be pandering. Mm, you know, yeah. you're like, you know, like how, you know, th- there's certainly a point where it stops, it stops feeling like it's, you're being inclusive and you start feeling like, Oh, like you need my attention. To, yeah get by and it's like that's also kind of fucked up too yeah so. no definitely like, it is a fine line to walk i think but um yeah all you can do is your best basically as long as yeah, you're I mean, trying and stuff mm-hmm. but what i wanted to talk to you like we're coming up to you. i don't want to keep you guys too long but do you know much about like the uk scene and stuff what's kind of happening over here or in europe with country music and stuff not as much no idea i have no idea yeah. <laughs> like anything that i know is probably from like following your pages man like mm. right yeah, it's probably yeah. and I, I guess gems on VHS like 
he's Anthony's been over to Scotland, I believe, a few times. Yeah. And he's got some he promotes a lot like you know, more than the average American promotes uh artists from yeah. from over that over that way. Um mm. yeah. but yeah, I guess not 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 a lot. <laughs> No, it's it's a weird thing because it's like I remember in like the row group, I put up a post or like a poll being like, do you feel like you're missing out not being in America or, you know, being like an American artist and like a good chunk of the UK artists are like dying to get over there and trying to like not necessarily be American, but they want to head over there and try and like tour and make a name for themselves because the UK does seem to be in this weird flux of there is some country music happening and you know, inspired by, you know, gems on VHS, Tyler Chills, all that stuff. And it is kind of like on the rise, but I think it's kind of got a ceiling to it or it's going to like plateau at some point. And it's interesting to see how it can like push and move forward. Yeah. It's, I mean, I feel like, I mean, there's definitely a lot of country music in Canada, Mm. but there's also, there's also pretty much no outlets up here like just maybe to kind of con- compare it to your yeah. situation, like there's not a lot of outlets up here for artists who aren't going to play the radio game, yeah. you know, uh, and be part of the machine. So that's like, that's tough. And that's something that I've like, I, I feel bad about it a lot. And then, and also like I, but I also don't really feel like I have the time to divide to start like maybe some kind of a Canadian outlet Mm. on the side to like promote that type of thing like it's just like i want to try to do that through hippies and cowboys but it's also like people also don't people up here don't know about our show like Mm. all of our traction is in the united states so like when i reach out to an artist up here unless they already follow us or something Mm. or you know somehow they've heard of us or whatever like it's tough to kind of get any attention even from them because they're like well who the fuck are you (laughs) you know (laughs) uh it's a weird it's a weird scene in canada too for Mm -hmm. sure uh outside of the mainstream that is yeah Um, yeah no it's really weird and it's it's kind of cool to see it kind of being pervasive because i know you know i'm not really from like a big town or anything i'm near liverpool but i'm just over the water from it but joshua ray walker's just been booked for somewhere that's like nice. a few minutes away from me so i'm stoked about that's happening next year like that's sarah awesome. shook's coming over to manchester oh, and stuff but um what do you kind of think um with hippies and cowboys what's your plans for this because i know you've done the live streams with like bella white and folks yeah. like that what's kind of your plans going forward with hippies and cowboys to you know platform the artists that you like and you know want to support well I don't know. You want to take it, but you want me to, I don't know. Um, I, we, we have some ideas. Um, you know, the pod, we like the podcast thing. We obviously mm. want to expand to other facets of content creation. Um, with, with like video sessions we've been getting into uh, a little bit. Uh, we want to do more, more with that. Like we do, like we do with, uh, with Bella and, mm. and um, uh, we 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 hosted a couple like those virtual concerts that we've done. Yeah, yeah. Um, we 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 want to do that in real life. Um, yeah, we'd like to put uh, on some kind of we'd we'd like to put on events. The world's like back right, to totally yeah. normal, right? Right. So uh, like real real like concert series and and like music festivals. Like uh, we've had quite a few music festivals reach out to us for like oh, this awesome. summer, like, help helping with booking and like other things like that. 
um mm. that's awesome like we love yeah we'd love to get into that kind of stuff yeah um, yeah so i just any, any anything we can do to to like be in the industry and, and uh yeah you know help help get more ears on on these artists that we like mm. we want to do yeah. it so I, I think our main focuses would be obviously the podcast video video sessions that's how i discover a lot of artists like i love i'd love to do that mm. um you know there, there's our writing uh like garrett said with jay uh doing doing a lot of good writing garrett writing uh jonathan me man writing um and then ultimately concerts and festivals uh, awesome man you know or organizing that kind of stuff is, mm. is sweet and not just like here in iowa but like you know different places you know all over yeah yeah, I think but, I think something we've we've said from the start, you know, once we kind of realized that, oh shit, like maybe we could, you know, make this a big enough deal where, mm. so at some point, hopefully, you know, we can do this for a living, mm. right? At least you know, at least Mike and I at first, and then kind of bring the yeah. rest of our buddies along with us, kind of. But uh, like something we said, like even when kind of Jonathan was first kind of thinking about helping us out and kind of getting involved and being a part of what we're trying to do is just, you know, we want to, the music is always going to come first. Yeah. You know, we, we never want to, we never want to, we want people to buy our t-shirts. We want people to buy our t-shirts, come to our events, watch our live streams, do all that stuff because they love the music the same as we do, mm. you know, and we just like, I think something that we think about consciously a lot is just never, um, you know, never, well, I mean, kind of goes back to what we're saying, like never, never doing something just to like make, make a buck yeah. or, you know, like it, there always has to be like the, the intentions there have to be focused on the music first mm. and then like, okay, cool. Like if we put on events and, we turn a profit on it like okay great but did we introduce this you know did we give all these people you know obviously we haven't put events on yet but like i guess the goal in the future if we keep this mindset is just like okay great now we got all those people to witness uh jesse daniel show yeah or whatever it is right um i think and and just the sense of community that we have even with our listeners like on social media and stuff like it's all day, every day, man. People are just constantly like talking shit or like tweeting stupid stuff or introducing each other to music or whatever. And it's all just, it's all just so cool to see yeah. that all of these, all of these people who have no, who have never met each other in real life are all just kind of in this like, weird little online community around the music, first of all, but then also kind of our show, which is really, it's rewarding and it's motivating because you're like, well, shit, like, and this is this ties into everything basically we said it's just like like i said it's addicting mm-hmm. once you learn about this stuff you want to keep finding more and hopefully we can be that outlet for people to continue to find the music and find a place where they can go to a show and oh shit that's that guy who have you know talked to on twitter oh shit yeah. you know it's they you kind of meet up for drinks with people and you kind of just like just kind of grow that sense of community that's already exists uh but hopefully we can kind of perpetuate that and, and keep it going. I think yeah. that'd be, I think that's fun. And like I said, hopefully at some point it turns into a thing where Mike and I can go around doing that for a living, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
No, that'd be awesome, man. And that seems like a perfect place to stop. I don't want to keep you too long and everything, yeah, but man. I do really appreciate you taking. You don't want to keep us too long. We're keeping you up. Yeah, you're the one that's in the morning, man. Late at night. Uh, I'd, I'd happily stay up way into the early hours to chat to you guys. <laughs> I really appreciate you making the time. Um, oh, thank yeah. you, man. This is cool. Yeah, no, thank you so much. I'm uh, looking forward to listening to your podcast and stuff. I've just got um, a Dwight Yoakam compilation LP and a Sturgill Simpsons Cutting Grass 2 LP. So nice. Or to spinning them tomorrow morning. Are you guys spinning anything or yeah. you had any new music pickups recently? Ooh. I'm, um, I'm waiting on Jay, uh, Jay, that guy who's writing. So, like, the shipping costs from the States usually on, on records, are, it's super fucking expensive. So, what he did is he got me the Kentucky Blue uh, versions of both Cutting Grass Volume 1 and 2. And then he nice. got me the red Arlo McKinley, uh, his first record, the red Cincinnati Red vinyl. And so, he's got all those and he's sending those up to me uh, here right away. So, I'm pretty excited oh, to get awesome. those. And I also just ordered Bella White's. Uh, record and got Nick Shoulders. I got Nick Shoulders' first one and the yeah. second one coming I've, in the mail. Too. I've got that on pre-order. The Home on the Rage. Nice. Yeah. Same. That's what I got coming in the mail. So just waiting on those. For for me, I don't have. I don't think I have any uh, exciting vinyl shipments in. But I've been listening to uh, a lot of Forty Nine Winchester again. I just I just think that that's a band that uh, if people hear them, they're gonna like them, yeah. and they're they're just bound to bound to be uh, take off. Uh, so 49 Winchester, uh, I guess I have their CD, but, uh, I guess new discoveries for me. I don't know. Uh, two that I've been streaming this week are, uh, this is a really good one. Um, where the hell was the, cause there's two, there's Cassie, there, this week, these were recommendations from people on Patreon. Cassie, Vel- I don't know, butcher her oh, last Cassie name. Cassie Velaza. Yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. And then, uh, who else was I just like, Oh, Carson Jeffrey, who I'm a big fan of. And I want to get on the show. Actually, he's great. He's from Texas. And uh, then what was the third one that I was just jamming earlier? Go ahead, Mike. I'll think of it. Uh, I'll shout out. I've been, I've been digging into Parker Ryan's EP too. Young kid from Texas. Mm. Um, mm. Tristan Mraz has some, some new music out. Um, that That's pretty good. Um, Cole Chaney, obviously, he had Elbow Creek come out and, and more more to come. Uh, I mean, if, if you Emily don't know who Nanny. Cole Chaney is, I mean, That's get, the name of it, I think. I, th- I, some, don't, I, don't know I, I think people need to write down Cole Chaney's name mm-hmm. and then uh, just remember it because it's, it's going to be something here soon. Um, yep. But yeah, that's pretty much, one, I guess. Man. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, that's a perfect place to wrap, guys. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this and yeah thank, thank you, you man I'm looking forward to everything but cool and that is episode 35 of into the van into the bag please go check out the hippies and cowboys podcast if you have not listened to it yet there is a wealth of phenomenal artists there and they are one of the podcasts that inspire me to keep going because they are fighting the good fight over in the states and i think we should do the same over in the uk with road radio road country and into the van and that is all down to you guys listening so keep on supporting what you love keep on sharing what you love and keep on doing what you love. Peace, guys. Till next time.